Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is Happy Thursday. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor. I'm Michelle Cachet, and I'm here today with Dr. Timothy Hayes. We warmly welcome you to the show, and thank you for choosing to be with us. Today is March 24, 2016. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in the queue to talk with Dr. Hayes. I encourage you to call in with your comments or questions, allowing you to personally strengthen and deepen your practice. So now let's welcome Tim and uh, invite um, him to say welcome. Hello, Tim. Hi, Michelle. I may get kicked off at any minute because I did a preemptive thing and just dialed in as a host. Um, So Michael might come on any minute. I don't know where he is or... If he dials in on the host number, if I'll get kicked off. But thanks for being here running the switchboard and supporting us in teaching people about the ancient Aramaic technology of forgiveness and uh, the tools that are available on www.whyagain.org. so I hear somebody in the background. Do you have somebody else turned on, Michelle, or is that somebody at your end? No, I, I um, I was, I keep it on on mute right now in case um, I needed to respond to you, but I was clicking my computer. And I um, I watched the whole thing unfold with you on the switchboard, and then leave the switchboard, and I'm like, oh, there he goes. You know. So thank you for um, being so available to react and respond rather than. Get the, get the show moving because um, I don't know if you uh, have an intro planned. I'll tell you just one thing. Um, last two days of running the switchboard, there has been a caller with their hand up, and we haven't been able to get in touch with them. So I reached out, and um, you know they um, have got one more opportunity here to be live during spring break. They're on vacation, and that's you know um, not going to happen again. So just wanted you to be aware that I'd really like to um, connect with this person today. Do that, is that person on with their hand up already? Yeah. All right, well, let's say hello. Okay, good. So, yay, we get to talk to 910. Hello. Yes, good afternoon, and thank you so much for taking my call. This is my third day of calling in, um, and so I'm just glad to be on um 
you know, on the show, um, I wanted to um, actually. I thought hey. I was going to ask. Hello. Let me let me ask let me ask you for a name and where you're calling from. Yes, this is Lowe's, and I'm calling from North Carolina. Lowe's. No, Rose. 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 Welcome, Rose. How can we be of assistance? Thank you. Um, I, I, the last two days that I was on hold, I had in mind to um, ask a question about a relationship um, that I've been involved with. But this morning it came to me that I really need to um, direct my question in another area, even though the relationship issue is still present. But um, this is concerning my job, and um, just to give you a little background, um, for the first time ever in my employment history, I am having a lot of um, conflict with my boss, so this is new to me, and, um, you know, um, I'll just say I'm a teacher, and uh, this is the principal I'm speaking of, and she's new to our school, and um, she came in making a lot of changes that um, have been difficult for the staff in general, and this is a discussion that the staff has, you know, among ourselves. Um, In any case, and and, um, I've been one of her targets, and and I say one because there are other people that she has also um, has targeted. But in any case, what has developed is a situation where um, I, you know, I, I she she obviously is not pleased with my performance. Although I have worked in my capacity for years, and parents, teachers. And previous administration has has always been pleased with my work as well as I have been. And um, in, in this case, the new principal, um, I kind of feel she just doesn't like me. And um, and so you know, I, I I do my job as required, and I go beyond what is required of me many times. And I have a situation now where she puts more and more responsibilities on me that are very difficult to to meet the demands of. Um, it, it feels like to me and others who, with whom I've discussed that the intention is to make it so difficult that I can't do the job. Okay, and 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 basically that is. What is happening? I mean, I'm bringing home work. I'm up at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning, trying to meet the needs. And then when I do, or not meet the needs, meet the demand, and when I get, when I meet that, then she puts a new demand on me. And um, and so at first, uh, last year when this occurred, I was fearful. I went through a lot of fear about losing my job, possibly. I, uh, Susan, I think you're familiar with, um, you know, has worked with me around this issue. And uh, the fear, and I've gone to Laws of Living class um, three times, actually, with Susan. And, and so the fear has diminished. Um, and so I am able to work, you know, speak with the principal in a um, – professional manner, I'm polite, you know, 
um, and, and, and I'm no longer confrontational as she uh, determined that I was at one point. So I've, I've eased up on that. I'm trying to make the, you know, meet the demands. And, um, you know, even during the spring break, I have tremendous work to do. <laughs> you know, I'm not on break. I'm, I'm doing schoolwork. So my, my question is, 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 I, I don't know, um, what, uh, how, I need to know if you can answer the question even, what am I doing to draw this to me? I mean, um, you know, it's, 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 um, stressful for me right now. I've always enjoyed teaching. I enjoy my students. My students are, you know, they respect me and I have a good relationship with them and the parents, but I'm having a terrible time with it with this new principal who seems to not like me and is appears to be determined to move me out of my position. I'm one year away from retirement and she asked me last year, Are you retiring? <laughs> you know, and I I didn't know where that question came from, and I asked her, no, why do you think that? And she never responded. So, I, you know, I don't know what's going on. This is new to me. This is new territory. Um, I had some growing to do, and I think I, well, I know I did a lot of that through Laws of Living um, because my scores have gone up. The fear is out. Um, the love of self has increased, whereas love of others was really, really high, and, um, you know, but now it's balancing out, um, and I don't know. I mean, like, on one hand, I feel like maybe it's time for me to move out of this position because I I do have other talents and skills, and there are other things I have. I have other interests, and, and maybe this means, hey, you know, Rose, it's time for you to move on. Just get on out, but I'm so close to retirement. One year from retirement, I would like to at least get that. And I struggle with, well, maybe I shouldn't be worried about retirement. Maybe I, this is, you know, spirits moving me in the direction, just move on and, you know, things will fall into place with you and stop being tied to your retirement piece and go ahead and do other things that, you know, you enjoy more. Speaking of myself, or I, I don't know. I really don't know what to do. So I thought I would call in while I have a chance before I go back after spring break um, to see if you might have some something to offer me. All right. Well, I appreciate the call. And um, while I, I, I can't tell you what to do and I don't think anybody else should, I think what this work offers us is a set of tools that we can use to go inside ourselves and remove all of that stuff that's less than love. And so mm-hmm. when you, you said at one point in your uh, laying out the issue here, you said, I'd like to know what I'm doing to draw this to me. And when I work with people, I never pursue that angle because the complexity of forces from my past and the dynamics in my family on both line on both sides and what I've done in my life so far is far more than my conscious logical mind will ever sort out. 
Mm-hmm. So instead, what I have found much more useful and what I do for myself and I encourage people to do in my groups and in my individual practice is to focus on what gets stirred up in me emotionally, physically, and in that negative thought process when these situations happen, when I'm getting triggered, and then use the tools to dismantle that and see where it leads me. Now, sometimes when I do that, it leads me to a very clear awareness, the big aha moment. Oh, that's why this was happening. Sometimes that happens. But my experience has been most of the time what happens is I get a shift in my energy. I I feel more calm. I feel more peaceful, more loving. And I don't have any big aha experience. And I often move into a whole different place, even though nothing has changed on the outside. I move into a different energy within me, and then situations change, and I don't know why. And I allow that. And I... I resist the urge to go track it down or sort it out or label it. If it's changed, if I'm feeling more calm and loving, I let myself rest in that. And, you know, one of the questions you posed was, I don't know if I should leave, if this is spirit telling me it's time to move on, you have other skills, or if I should stay and and, and reach my retirement benefit, whatever that is. The thing that I use in my life that's been most useful is I work to restore myself to a place of calm and compassion when I look at myself and the others that are involved in a situation where I've been triggered. And I do whatever I can to resist any kind of a decision until after I've been restored to a place of calm and compassion for myself and the others involved. Mm -hmm. So as I heard you talk about this principle, I would have to guess, and I would ask you to check this out because I, I am not a mind reader, but when I listened to your tone and the energy around the words you used when you talked about the principle, I'm I'm guessing you haven't reached a place of calm, loving compassion when you think of her yet. True. So so there's <laughs> so there's either hostile. Pardon me? It's less hostility than before. It's more in fact the hostility according to my last um evaluation with Susan, which was just a, two months ago, the hostility is gone and, and I don't feel direct hostility with her. There might be some underlying stuff there but I mean like when I meet with her I'm not like directly angry with her any longer I'm calmer I can I always say a prayer before I go in and meet with her um so there has been a lot of changes on my part yes well I have to take your word for that it sounds like it it sounds like you're doing a lot of the right things and earlier in the conversation when you were talking about her there seemed to be tension, frustration, 
you know, um, whatever. I, I, I would only be guessing at the words, but something less than total calm and love and compassion towards her. And, and my only point here is that what I would want to do and what I coach people to do in my group and my private practice is, if at all possible, hold off on the decision-making process until I can hold that space of love and calm and compassion for myself and everybody else who's a player in this decision. Because that's the only way I even have a chance of getting close to an accurate perception. Remember, in this work, my perception is dramatically colored by the filters mm-hmm. in my own mind. And my filters can either be set to hostility, fear, or what in the ancient Aramaic was called Rachma or Kuba. And Rachma is a filter over my intentions that allows only intentions keyed to love to be used as the building blocks of my goals. And my goals will only ever be the only thing that motivates my behavior. So if I have Rachma set in my mind, then I have a loving filter over my perception. And if I have Kuba, I'm sorry, over my intention, and if I have Kuba set in my mind, I have a loving filter set over my perception. And that's going to give me the highest information possible for me in the moment when I'm trying to make a decision. And it sounds like a very important decision you're faced with. It's an employment. It's doing something you love. It's doing something you know you're good at. It's coming up to retirement time. It's about your retirement benefits. It's about benefiting your students. It's about being there with and for the, your fellow staff members. So this is a big decision. So oh, the yeah. first. The first and foremost thing I could recommend is that you continue to do all of the above, all of the tools you've learned in the Laws of Living class and the worksheet process to remove everything that's less than love that gets resonated in you when you think about this principle and what she's doing and how you think she doesn't like you, etc. The next thing that I'm sure Michael would bring up if he were on the call is to ask you to explore... How does this look like your life? How does this look like a power person dynamic? Hmm. What you're mm-hmm. feeling what you're feeling in terms of your inability to satisfy this new principle who's asking you to do more and more and more and more and always raising the mm-hmm. bar. Was there anybody in your life when you were young you felt was never satisfied with your performance that might have been in a power person role? Mm. Um, I, quite, I'm, it's, it's hard for me to look at that right now. It's quite possible that my mother to a degree was like that, not overtly, but had high expectations of me, and there was a codependent uh, relationship with my mother who was depressed, and I was always there to um, to help her, I mean, and try to help her feel better. And, you know, Mommy, I'm going to be a nurse, so you'll feel better. And I changed to, Mommy, I'll be a psychologist, so you can feel better, and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I was there always trying to make things better, as a child, um, for my mother, uh, but it it wasn't overtly like 
a situation where you got to do this or you got to do that, and I'm never pleased and I'm, it's never enough. But, you know, as a child, maybe I thought it was never enough, maybe. Well, that's something that's something to explore. And then, of course, with what you were laying out as your uh, description of your situation earlier, you talked about how you've you've gone above and beyond the call of duty, yeah. so that you're even you're exceeding the expectations of the job description. And here you are during spring break, and instead of taking spring break, you're working. And you're working with an energy that says, I'm frustrated that I have to do this work. I resent having to do this work. I'm pretty sure it's never going to be enough for her. I know she's still not going to be happy, but I'm going to do it. So, yes, there's resistance, absolutely resistance. Okay, so that's, that, that's a, a probably a good, strong indicator that this is that power person dynamic. Mm. And so... You know, mind shifters related to the power person dynamic or a mind shifter, something to the nature of it's safe and healing for me to just to to fulfill my requirements adequately and let others be responsible for their reactions. It's mm. safe and healing for me, and I love it when people raise the expectations on me after I've already completed my requirements. <laughs> okay. That's okay. That's the one. <laughs> that last one was it. That was That's like, it. That got the reaction. <laughs> that got it. Yes, indeed. It's safe and healing for me. Would you mind repeating it? I'm trying to jot it down as you... Say it. Um, I'm, I, would you one time tell me again, please? It's safe and healing. It's safe uh-huh. and healing for me when people raise their expectations after I've already fulfilled the requirements. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. I I can work with that. Um, I will try that. Um, mind shift. Let me let me let, let me ask you to just. After you're done writing that, just breathe. It's safe and healing okay. for me when people raise the expectations after I've already fulfilled the requirements. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just get All in right. touch with, without talking about it too much, get in touch with what feeling comes up. Okay. Okay, and make some I notes can... right now about what you're feeling in your gut, in your emotions, in your physical sensations, and which thoughts race to the front that were behind that laughter, that nervous laughter and tension. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Michael? Okay. Hey, thanks for kicking in. I apologize for being late getting on the show. You know, you could add to that mind shifter that it's safe and healing, and I love it when people... <laughs> okay. And it's great that you're in good spirits about it and can laugh about it too. Mhm. Mhm. And I love it. I love that. And you I give love me it. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, couple couple of thoughts to add to what Dr. Tim shared. Uh, one would be, you're a year away from retirement. Are you throwing your whole retirement away if you walk away from the job? 
Uh, essentially, yes. Yes. Ooh, well, that's that's big then. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> that's huge. Yeah, just walking away from all those years of work doesn't sound like it makes a whole lot of sense. So one of the other things that might be helpful to do that, that comes to mind is you could sit down in a quiet space where your phone is off and you're you know, kind of like a mind shifter. Mm-hmm. And imagine yourself going back to work the day that you go back to work and your principal calls you in after you've turned everything in, these extra requirements, you mm-hmm. turned it all in, and just sit and imagine her in the most hostile space you've ever seen her. Oh, and, and telling you how you've totally failed at what she expected, and what she wants is your resignation on her desk by tomorrow morning. Oh, you're really trying to push me to the edge, aren't you? <laughs> Well, you asked, you asked what's in me, and this is a way to show you. You know, if there's nothing in you, you'll go, oh, okay, I can do that, no big deal. But if you sit in that environment, you know, rather than if there's a part of you that's, you know, that's the end result that you're going to create. You say, how do I set this up? Well, as Tim said, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to figure it out is never going to work. Okay. if you put the scenario in front of you, then whatever it is in you, that you need to deal with is going to come up in that visualization, in that scenario. And uh-huh. then, like a mind shifter, that will just show you where your work is. Geez, here okay. I am now. She's just said that to my face, and I'm in a rage. Okay, so now I know there's rage, and under the rage, which is a drug, there's pain. So now let me do the work it takes, the worksheets, the mind shifters, the breathing, <laughs> read her the commitment, use each of the tools, and and find what's underneath that. What's, what, what do I need to drop into that's in me that's brought forward as a result of her being in my face like that? Okay, that's helpful. And so it's, that can mm-hmm. be powerful to, you know, to get to look at the next level of, what, of what's uh, involved in you that's in hiding. Because that's the whole okay. idea of the process is, you know, we either bring it about in our experience to show it to us, or we can use a shortcut tool like this, a mind shifter, or, or this essentially acting as a mind shifter, to resonate mm-hmm. that so I don't have to go out and create from it. And then okay. as it's resonated, okay, so here's my next piece of work. And then when mm-hmm. I can stand in front of her totally, completely, 100% with every cell connected to love, and she can say whatever she wants, and I just stand connected to love, then I know I'm in a clean place. And what will happen is no matter what she does over the next year, you'll be at peace. You'll go through and you'll complete the earning of your retirement, and then you'll be able to say, okay, I have another purpose now. It's time for me to move on. Or you might find that she'll shift. You know, we had a, a woman, actually, if, if Julie's on, she could uh, could kick in and share it. But there was a woman who, uh, who was a niece of uh, Julie Haverstick, and she worked at an insurance company in New York, and, and there was an acknowledged hate relationship with her boss. I mean, they just hated each other. And she had risen to the place. She had a high school diploma at that point. It was a big insurance company in New York, and she'd risen to the height of her job. She couldn't go any further with her education. And Jeannie, or, uh, Julie, she came down to visit Julie in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, and shared the forgiveness process with her. And they spent a whole weekend doing worksheets around her stuff, around her relationship with her boss. And she was only back to work a couple of days. And the boss called her in the office and you know asked her, "What's going on? What you know? What is this about?" 
something's changed. Oh. And so this uh, Julie's niece shared what had changed, what she was doing, that she was doing worksheets. And she said, well, you know, show me this. What are you talking about? They end up doing worksheets together. What? Some months late, some months later, I think it was about six months later. I know this was 25 years ago. But six months later, a job posting came up which required a university degree, which this woman didn't have. And her boss, who six months earlier, they had an acknowledged hate relationship over you know, whatever time there was between them. Her boss called her in and said, you know, you can do this job, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to recommend that the company give you this job with the pay raise that you don't deserve. And then I'm going to recommend that they give you or that they fund your education so you can get your degree so that it justifies you holding this position. Wow. So she ends up almost doubling her pay. The employer, it's a big insurance company, so it's not a big deal for them. The employer uh, pays for her education, pays her while she's going to school at the new pay rate. And this is all as a result of doing worksheets. She and her boss are sitting doing worksheets with them, with each other on each other. Wow! So you never you never know what you know what kind of shifts can take place as you do your work. Okay, I that thank you. That's very helpful and insightful, Doctor Tim and Doctor Rice. I appreciate that. Um, and and I've written down notes as you're giving me the suggestions. Um, so thank you. Um, I, I want to know if I could just shift to another issue, uh, just because I don't, I can never call in. I'm at work every day, and I'm just go for it. Spring break. Can I do it, please? Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. I, okay. Okay. Because I was, I was on hold the day before and yesterday. Go for whole, it. Okay. Okay. So, Doctor Rice, this is going to sound a little familiar to you because I do work with Susan, and um, it. it involves a long-distance relationship, actually an international relationship. And um, it's a gentleman that I met in the Caribbean uh, seven years ago. And at the time that I went to the Caribbean with my two children, I was not looking for any relationship, okay? I had conscious, at least on a conscious level, I had said, I am not going here to meet anybody. I'm just going to have a good time, and that's it, Okay. Of course, I meet somebody. <laughs> and, um, of course, when I, the brain cells are firing, I'm not going to go meet somebody. I'm setting up the vibrations you. for it. Yes, I know. And, um, and I didn't pursue that relationship at all, um, although I had feelings. I'm not going to deny that. There was a definite attraction. We got along great and all of that. Um, a month after I left, I called him just for the sole purpose, at least at a conscious level, to say happy birthday. His week, his birthday was a week after mine, and his birthday. I had not spoken to him since I had left. I didn't give him my address, none of that. But I did call to say happy birthday, and then you know, we reconnected and so forth and so on. Seven years later, to date, we're still going on. Anyway, I have, um, you know, I, I'll just give you a little background. My mother is also. My parents are from the Caribbean from Cuba, and my father um, used my mother to get to the United States. Of course, she thought that he loved her, but she found out later on that she was just a bridge for him to get here, and basically that's, that was her purpose. And she didn't tell me that until much later in my life. I was in my 20s, so it was not something that she harbored or not 
overtly harbored. She didn't talk about it and stuff, but it just came out in conversation. And I had decided, oh, okay, I'm going to be careful about those kind of things, you know, because uh, I didn't have a real good relationship with my dad in the first place. Um, my parents separated when I was two and a half years old, so and he really wasn't there for us. So, you know, there's a little host- there was a little hostility, maybe some still, um, with regard to my relationship with my dad and then knowing that he used my mom to get here. Okay, so, of course, I'm very careful when I travel. Okay, so uh, with this gentleman, and I'm trying to make it brief, but hit the the, the points, main points. Um, he, you know, he didn't appear like he wanted to come here. And in fact, I I told him about my history. I said I'm really not trying to do anything international, and I told him why. And he really never pressured me about that. And in fact, he said, "Well, you know, if you think I'm only interested in you and coming just to get to the United States, why don't you come here?" So that shut me down, shut me out. Okay, it's like, okay, well, anyway, lo and behold, I got a call just about uh, a, a month ago, three weeks ago, from someone in someone in that country, a lady, who said, be careful because he, you know, just wants to get your money. Now, this is out of the blue, <laughs> And, you know, of course, I've been holding off on this relationship for the longest time, seven years, because it's like my my mother's experience with my dad has always been there for me. So there was fear. And so I always told him, I'm not desperate to get married. I'm not trying to do anything. But anyway, when this call came in three weeks ago from a lady that sounded sincere, calling, this is an expensive call for them. They don't have a lot of money. She called me saying, you know, just be careful. I just want you to be careful um, because he really. So what's coming up to... for you? Confusion, for one thing, but okay. for me, um, what came up was she's telling the truth. Like, oh, you, you know, be careful. You know, like it. It resonated the fear that was already there, kind of underlying. But he's always seemed so sincere, so honest. I know his family. Everybody loves me. I love them and all of that good stuff. But there's always been that fear. And so I thought maybe it was my mother's fear that I had been holding on to. But when this so, woman so my first me, order business, So mm-hmm. my first order business would be mm-hmm. to do some worksheets around the fear that I have and mm-hmm. the confusion until I come to clarity okay. of mind. And then I'd listen to my intuition. And if I'm clear that my intuition is saying, be careful, he's not really genuine, then I'd be listening to my intuition. Mm-hmm. But I clean up my fear and hostility first because in, the, the mind can present things that look and sound like intuition yeah. that are not intuition at all. If there's hostility or fear of any form in it, it's not intuition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I clean up the hostility and fear that might be connected, the confusion, what that's all about. <clears throat> and once I'm pretty clear on that and free of it, then if my intuition's still saying, be really careful, then I'd listen and I'd be really careful. I did the mind shifter that you, shifter that you recommended through Susan. Um, right. And, uh, something along the lines that um, my intuition always 
gives me the information about my my relationships that I need to know, something along like that. And I did right. that, and I did the breathe, followed by the breathing, and there wasn't a, there wasn't, you know, I I felt calm and peaceful after doing that mind shifter. Um, I so I, I I don't know where to go with it, but I I've jotted down your suggestions about clearing the confusion and the hostility and fear and cleaning up my, you know, my own um, stuff and then maybe following my intuition. So I'll, I'll continue along that path. Um, it it know, sounds like I, just continue to do your work. Is your mom still alive? No. No? Nope. Nor is okay. my dad. No. Okay. No. Because I was going to say you might spend some time with your mom. And, and you can still do that. You can get quiet, tap into your yeah. mom's energy, and ask mom for some input around these mm. feelings of fear. Are the feelings hers? Are they yours? Are they inherited? Mm-hmm. What do I need to clean up? And just you know, get, get into a receptive, quiet space, and she can still communicate with you. I believe you're right. And support okay. and support you in cleaning that up and getting clear of it. And you might you might even do a worksheet or two as though you were her. Imagine oh. that you're mom and you've just found out that the only reason the man you married and, and cherished got into a relationship with you was so that you, he, you were the ticket for him to come to America. Do the worksheet mm. as though you're her. Or you might do a few as though you're her. And Mm -hmm. that will reach into another place in your genes for holding the space for cleaning that up and and making sure you don't have any interference from hostility or fear with your intuition telling you what's really going on here. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Okay. Any other thoughts from you, Tim? Just that following that, you could then do a worksheet or two projecting into the future that you connect with this gentleman and you start a relationship and you think it's absolutely the best thing ever and then you find out he was only using you for your money. So you can and project that would be backwards. a mind shifter or just kind of just being quiet and still? And I'm, I'm suggesting you, you could do worksheets. So oh, well, Michael's okay. saying you could do a worksheet as though you went into the past and you were your mother yeah. after mm-hmm. she found out that your father had used her that way. And then you can go into yeah. the future and project yourself into the future. And what would you feel like if you started the relationship and everything was going and then you found out he was just using you for the money? And you can do the worksheets as yourself projected in the future. I see. Wow. Whew. That's uh, some heavy-duty stuff that you gentlemen are sharing with me and I will pursue that. And I do thank you um, wholeheartedly for your, um, your input and suggestions. I am very grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Delighted. Glad to be on the team. Glad to have you on our. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I'll Blessings. Let... Take care. Uh-huh. Awesome. Great call. Thank you, Tim. That was a great idea. Fabulous. Well, let's see, Michelle, young lady. Thank you for being here today. And do we have oh. anybody else with a hand up in the phone queue or anybody uh, in the chat room with a thought for us? 
Um, and the chat room, there's a couple of people um, we're reviewing some things. There is a, a person with a hand up, um, and then Rex just put his hand up. Um, so that's 17 minutes. But I, um, actually, I want to indulge and take a moment to tell you um, a funny thing that happened to me last night. I was um, sitting with a client. I'm pretty new with her, maybe a few months, like maybe before Christmas she was um, finishing a maternity leave with her third baby, so young mom, and, um, you know, now returned to work and want to continue the process. And so we were discussing whatever relationship dynamic with her and her husband and, um, you know, the differences in expectations and how do you resolve the conflict and compromise and all the things. So, you know, she made some kind of comment that um, was clearly through a filter of fear or sadness. I mean, she was um, said something so very pessimistic, and I, and I said, um, really, really, do you actually believe that, what you, what you just said? And she's laying on my couch. I mean, she's got fibromyalgia and migraines and allergies and all kinds of physical stuff representing this, too. And so she's like, you know, like... I think I I see the whole world like that, like like sadness and, and and negativity. It's like she was sort of like, like wow, like I guess I do that without even knowing. She goes, it's it's kind of kind of you know like that 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 movie. <laughs> and I said, and she's you know got a five year old. And I said, oh, you mean Inside Out? Oh yeah yeah that movie. You know. Michelle, ever since I started coming to therapy, that movie is starting to make so much sense to me. She, um, it was so delightful because she really had identified um, with sadness during the movie, but she really hadn't fully put it all together about, like, there's a choice there. And so it was just cute. So it was a great example of the movie, you know, teaching forgiveness tools. But then here I am teaching forgiveness and now she gets a movie that she was previously confused on. So I was cool. Cool. Uh, actually, we've got our uh, our gang kids here, and tomorrow night our theme is going to be Inside Out. We're going to watch the movie and play with the dolls. Excellent. So, um, yes. Captain's here to say hello. Oh, let's say hello, Cap. Hello. How do you be, young man? Uh, you know, I do have a progress report for you. But Tell first, I'd it. like to say, first, I'd like to say, yesterday you said do your work every day like a shower. And me right. doing my work every day is more like washing my hands when they get dirty or washing my hands before I eat something. It's almost like becoming like an OCD that I'm constantly, all day long, churning through my my work, churning, 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 like making butter, just churning it, churning it, churning it. In a shower, so, I take once a day. Yeah. So, Which, so let me let me make a suggestion here. Okay. When you're early in your process and you're moving through things, what I would call this one instead of OCD is OCB, obsessive compulsive blessing. I realize oh, I need you. to do my work. I realize I need to do my work, and I keep doing it. Jeannie has some OCD characteristics that she kind of jokingly refers to, and yet what she's done by being conscious instead of it driving her by being conscious, she utilizes it purposely, consciously, and, and in a helpful way. 
And so that's what I came up with for, with her was, well, when you're using it in a helpless way, instead of condemning yourself and putting yourself down that you've got some kind of a disorder, it's a blessing. Yes, you're a little obsessive about that. And there's some things that can be helpful to be obsessive about. Healing yourself after a lifetime of drama and trauma, that's a pretty big blessing to, to be willing to move forward and do that. Well, that's how I'd label it if I were you. Yes, it's done. Thank you. It is done. All right. OCB. And I'd also, yeah. if Gail's on the on the line, I would like to thank her for her statement yesterday, the sacred places within. And I kind of expanded on that in myself, that the sacred places within, not without, like being outside, because if you go outside from my sacred place, I'm without a sacred place. So it is definitely a sacred place within. Thank you for that, Gail. And now, awesome. and, and to my progress report, that um, I'm not going to say the last week or so was my worst week in my life, but I'm going to say it was the most challenging week in my life as I had to do, go through the processing and understand and, and, and process this stuff out. And a lot of things popped for me that it's the why I am, the way it, the things were happening. And I'm great. And, and I, what I realized is some of the things that I thought were the, some of the times that I thought were the best times of my life were really the times that was causing me failure the rest of my life. It was amazing what I, what I picked up on. Yep. And and uh, I would like to thank you for that. That was um, I'm I'm in a spot. I'm in the most peaceful spot that I have probably been in in my life. I feel connected, but at the same time unattached. All right. Well, that's one of the uh, one of the side benefits of doing your work. It's right on track. Oh. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. That's all I wanted to say. So if anybody's out there going through their their, their laundry list and their and their garbage, stick with it because it, when you come out the other side, it's a beautiful smelling rose garden. That's all I got. Hey. All right. Well, we're glad to be on the team and uh, look forward to the next yeah. time we get face to face. Yes. See you soon. All right, sir. Appreciate all right. it. Cherish you. Blessings. No, all thank right. you. Bye-bye. All right. Blessings to you. Oh, yes, what a relief it is when people are willing to do their work. You know, there's so much unnecessary suffering in the world. And, you know, if you're new to the show, if you believe that you're suffering because of something going on outside of you, then you've got to stop believing your mind's lies. You know, what in essence Cap just shared was, I was suffering because of things outside of me, and therefore, you know, the state was pretty much continuous suffering. Now that I realize that I've never suffered because of what's outside of me, I've only suffered because of what's inside of me. If I do my work, I can be free of suffering. And some of those same things can still be happening out there. It doesn't mean everything's going to be rosy. But I can live in that space of what the ancients called the peace that passes all understanding. It's not intellectually rational in a world of insanity to be at peace. The world says, you should be upset about that. You should be enraged. You should be motivated by guilt or fear. Our input is, let go of it all. Get connected to the truth of who you are. Live as a human being. Then deal with your life. The things in your life are not the cause of what's happening in your life. The things inside of you are the cause of what's happening in your life. And as you clean them up, life cleans itself up. It's just such an amazing process. All right. Michael. So, Michelle, and, um, yes, young lady. On Monday, when um, he was sharing the one piece about 
um, whether or not he should stay or go kind of based on the partner's, um, you know, request to have him leave, but maybe, you know, feeling abandoned as it relates to that. So I was wondering, like, so if he is in a space of love, wouldn't it be um, a sort of portal thing for him to tell or ask his partner, like, are, you know, to explore is your request based on punishment or, you know, a healthy boundary to, to help her and her process? If he was, you know, he was in that dilemma about what should I do, and, and you outlined, you know, a really great strategy about communicating a healthy um, boundary with the um, invitation to approach on her readiness. Well, my input would be that, you know, in, in the set terms of the AA process, you want to be careful about taking somebody else's inventory. That's just a caveat for anybody who has a tendency to talk about or focus on someone else as the cause of what's happening in their lives. So, and, and that could border on. Now, that, that certainly could be a tool to use as things move along, but, you know, at, at the the intensity and the stage things were at yesterday when we talked about or the day before when we talked about that my hit would be because I've had a tendency to be focused out there and want to make the problem out there and interpret things as the problem is out there and if I could just fix you if I could tell you what's wrong with you if I could tell you what you need to do then before I jumped into the kind of suggestion that you just made, which I think would be very appropriate in many cases, I spend a little more time totally in the conversation with myself about me and what's going on inside of me before I moved into that space. That okay. would be my that's only input. Awesome. That's, that's nice feedback for me. I think, you know, I'm always, well, not always, but like the, the therapist mode feedback kind of thing because it's not me personally. Which which makes a difference too. So that was that's good. So uh, Rex, hello. You're being so quiet back there. Hi. Hey there, young man. Welcome. How are those babies awesome. doing? Well, that's one of the things I wanted to mention. Uh, just beautiful. Shaylee turned one in February. She's doing great. Our granddaughter and my uh, new grandson, uh, Kai Aloysius Bauer, is uh, now. Let's see, he's a couple weeks old and doing well, breastfeeding, happy, uh, healthy, and uh, just really excited. So I really appreciate all the prayers and the love that was sent out when I, when Missy and I put that request out, and just really appreciate all that. And uh, everything turned out as an end result, beautiful, and they're doing great. Awesome. So that, Absolutely that was one fabulous, of the, and we'll continue to hold them in that space. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, because it, it is a, a, a definite challenge. Um, anybody who is, has children and has gone through that process, and, and uh, it, 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 I don't know if anyone knows what, how much growth can happen when we introduce a beautiful being of love as love into our lives in the form of a baby. Um, just growth is exponential. And I, <laughs> as, a, as a grandpa, looking back at my own process and then seeing my son and my daughter and their beautiful 
approaches in their own way. Um, and then seeing them at times apparently being exasperated by the process <laughs> or, or at least they think it's to do with the process. But there's a lot happening there, and it's really exciting. So thank you for holding the space for that. Um, I also had a thought um, with Rose, for Rose, if she's still on the program, I was just kind of going to share with her. Um, I heard her talk about the, uh, her loves and in the uh, personal code evaluation that she had done working with Susan Darnell. Um, and, and I thought the thought that came to me is to share as we move through the process, and I've observed this with myself and I think it's pretty consistent, as we're moving through the process of our own inner work and as our numbers start to shift, love of truth, when it starts waking up uh, inside me, as I started waking up my love of truth, and I, I didn't know it was asleep until I realized that it was my number one issue, <laughs> well, then all of a sudden I started having all of these experiences happening around me where if I didn't have a good foundation, I would think that my world was starting to kind of attack me or come at me. And and having that I had a foundation and that I had uh, done a lot of work with it, I recognized that it was actually me opening up to hear valuable input so that I could uncover deeper layers of my own denial. And so that was my input for Rose to... Um, you know, be willing to, uh, when she's ready, to embrace that experience. And if that, in, in fact, is working for her, that, that that love of truth may have been increasing for her. And now that she has this, you know, co-created experience that she is engaged in with her boss, and in her words, having never experienced any challenges with bosses before, uh, the input everybody gave was just right on target, and I thought it went really well. That was the other piece that I thought might be helpful for her is to just welcome that uh, intention of knowing that the love of truth is opening and, and she's going to get more direct feedback for herself regarding her issues. Absolutely. Yeah, when that love of truth goes up, you get to see things that just have been invisible to date, and uh, it can be quite a shock. That was it. That's what I wanted to share. So thank you. Um, blessings. It's a great program. All right. Really enjoy blessings. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Well, we're down to about three minutes. So, uh, Dr. Tim, any thoughts uh, before we close out the show? Just that I'm glad you're there. I'm, I trust you're having a wonderful time with the family still this week. And, um, we are actually. We're just getting ready to uh, to head to the beach with uh, Krista and her family, her her two children and her husband. And Michael Jay's with me. Jeannie is with her son and daughter-in-law and her parents, and they're at Universal Studios. And we're heading off to the beach. We're going to drive over. It's about oh, a little better than an hour's drive over to Cocoa Beach. So, my granddaughter, who's now four, has never seen the ocean. So they. Mom and Dad want to make sure she gets to see the ocean before they leave on Saturday. So, so we're getting ready to uh, to go and play in that direction. And this morning, there was, you know, everybody's going every which way but loose. And uh, I, I looked at the phone. Oh my God, it's after one o'clock. So, thank you for uh, for kicking in there and getting things going. Much appreciation. You're very welcome. And um, blessings to the family and the downtime and recreation. And I look forward to being on the show again tomorrow.
Cool. Well, very cool. Uh, Michelle, you got another thought for us before we uh, we call it a show? We've got about a minute and a half left. No, but I'm sure um, Captain um, put his hand up and probably wants to process some more about that last little bit related to feedback. And so um, we'll invite him to call back tomorrow. We'll be here. All right. Very good. Well, we'll be on it. We're down to uh, to just uh, about one minute. So we'll just say thank you, everyone, for joining us. If uh, if this material is making sense for you, remember that at www.whyagain.org, there are over 1,400 hours of archives. This show will be archived soon. And uh, you can listen to it. It's a free MP3. You can either just click on it and listen to it on your computer or phone, or you can download it and save it. You can email it to someone else. If there's somebody that you think would be uh, uh, able to use it, then you know, download it and share it with them or send them a link to it. Uh, we do have our schedule set for next summer at Heartland. You're welcome to look at the uh, the schedule and uh, join us for any or all of the intensives we'll be doing. I think we've got 68 days scheduled right now. And beyond that, uh, I hope that this is uh, the best year yet of your eternal life. That's what we're here to support, and we appreciate you. Blessings. Thank you for listening to MindShifters Radio. With the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org. 